Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there. Hello again. Welcome to this episode of The Burt Not Ernie Show, the podcast that puts the promises of God into the heart and mind of the people of God. I'm Jan Elbert author and speaker, podcaster, prayer retreat leader, and I'm so glad that you're here today. Today we're going to take a look at the promises that we find in chapter 8 of the book of Romans. We've been doing this as part of a of a series, so we're just going to keep on keeping on with this because this is a power-packed book. So believe me you, believe me you, there are indeed some wonderful things promised to us in Romans chapter 8. The Burt Not Ernie Show is part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. This is episode 94. Romans 8, verses 13, 14, and 15. These verses are our focus verses this week. You know, and they're, uh, you know, I guess the right word would be hefty. Hefty. Think about those old garbage bag commercials. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Whippy, whippy, whippy. You know the one I mean? These are hefty verses. So get that in mind. Like by hefty, I mean like think about the garbage bag commercials where you could put all kinds of crazy things into the bags and they would stretch and expand and they wouldn't tear when you lifted them up. They could bear up under the weight and the pressure and the tugging and the pulling. That's what God's word, God's promises are like for us. They can bear up under life. They're meant to. The only issue is whether or not we actually live as if we believe God's promises can bear up. Can they handle what life throws at them? Yeah. Can we handle what life throws at us uh, when we when we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, when we live believing his word, when we are praying people, when we remember that we are pilgrims on a pilgrimage, that this world is not our home. We really are just passing through. How can we bear up? That's how we can bear up. So these are hefty, hefty verses. There is some meat on these bones. You know what I mean? Like this is not like baby food. And that is a really good thing because we do not want to be spiritually speaking, immature. I mean, really in any realm, we don't want to be immature, but spiritually speaking in particular, we don't want to be immature followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want the meat of God's word because we are feeding spiritually mature people, right? I want to eat the meat because I'm mature, hopefully, and I want to feed myself at a mature level, the appropriate spiritual diet. We want the meat of God's word. We want it. Don't don't run from it. When a verse seems hard, please don't run from it. Pray over it. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you about it, to help you understand it. Keep reading and reading and reading more and more of the word because when we can study the word by the word of God, um, oh, that's just so good. That's just so good. You'll really begin over time and it does take time, but you'll begin to see things um, kind of make more sense, you know? 
like that one verse that's really confusing, over time, as you read the whole counsel, like all of God's word, it's going to make more and more sense. So keep after it, even in the hard stuff. Don't run from it. Don't run from it. It's part of, a part of growing up is um, growing up. And so you have to feed yourself spiritually the right foods. You know, in the physical realm, we all begin as newborns. And then from there, we grow and we grow in every way. So, you know, I could, I'm actually, I'm going to share kind of a personal story right now about one of our children and how as a newborn, she did not grow. She did not grow. She was less than her birth weight at 11 weeks of age. And that was uh, scary to say the least. That was very scary. And it was a huge relief. Like it's hard to describe the relief we felt when at 12 weeks, she finally regained her birth weight. At 12 weeks, she regained her birth weight. Yeah, usually they're concerned about that by like week two. You might have lost a little bit, but you need to be bouncing back up by, you know, short, somewhere around week two. Oh my goodness. Uh, this was, a this was, uh, yeah, scary is not even the right word to describe it. It was really, um, it was a difficult time. Uh, you know, as the remainder of her first year of life went on, her development, that was something we did not take for granted, every single bit of it, because the first three months of her life, she did not take in the adequate nutrients for all of the rest of the things that needed to happen over the course of the entire first year, and then on throughout the rest of her her developmental years, so to speak. So, you know, we didn't take any of it for granted. Her development was... um it was a big deal. Let me just put it that way. What was automatic and what we didn't give a whole lot of thought to with her siblings, that was the exact reason for huge celebration and rejoicing and relief to us as her parents with this child. We didn't think much about it with them. With her, every aspect of it was a big deal. We celebrated weight gain in ounces. And the reason we celebrated weight gain in ounces was because we had to focus for so many weeks, for months, literally, on weight gain and weight loss in grams. G-R-A-M-S, grams. Yeah, so if I seem passionate about this week's subject matter and about the promises that hold so much hope and life and vitality and purpose for us as the Lord's people, part of my excitement is linked to this very real-life experience that we went through with our own child. Nothing could have prepared us or readied us for that season. However, our trust in Jesus steadied us. Nothing could have readied us, but our trust in Jesus steadied us for that season. You know, and nothing can take away from us the empathy that we have. We have compassion. We have care for others going through similar situations that um, it's not just sympathy, it's empathy. It was hard fought, our daughter's health. Hard fought in terms of what we did, the things that we tried, how many doctors we saw. And there were a lot. There were a lot of weeks where I went to a different doctor five days a week. Packed up all the kids, all five kids. Off we went to another doctor and another doctor. Uh, We saw a lot of doctors. And we also, of course, fought very, very hard on our knees in prayer. So when I say that um, we don't remain infants, We all begin there, but we don't remain there and we don't want to remain there. This personal situation with our newborn baby is what immediately comes to mind for me. This is not a joke to me when I say I don't want anyone to remain a spiritual infant. Babyhood is not a forever stage of life. Our daughter could not stay five pounds forever. One of two things was going to happen. Improve and grow and get bigger and live or not improve. And not grow, not get bigger, and not live. 
that really was it. We did not have other options. And it's not an unrealistic expectation that followers of Jesus would grow to spiritual maturity. This is not an unreasonable expectation. But in the modern era, westernized church, because this is not the case in places where you are um, faced with persecution and death for following Jesus. I tell you what, they're, oh yeah, they don't have any issue with maturing. They, it, it's just not even, it's not even an afterthought. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't even, they don't even question whether or not you're going to mature in the westernized world, in the Western church. Oh my goodness. Um, we sometimes act like it's unreasonable for people to grow up, but it's not, this is not an unrealistic expectation. Followers of Jesus need to grow up, grow up. It, it would be actually unrealistic for believers to remain in the infancy stage. And we need to get this figured out. We are not living in an era where we get a pass for this. This is ridiculous. The way that we just excuse things, the way that we, that we seek out churches that will not have any sort of confrontation whatsoever, or you have leadership in churches that will never, ever, 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 ever address things that the Word of God is so crystal clear on. This does not help anyone in any way, shape, or form, and it does not honor our Lord, who is worthy of all honor and glory and praise and will be forever and ever. Yes and amen. Come soon, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come soon and come quickly, but may your church, your bride, be ready. May we be ready when you come. Uh, we don't want to be asleep at the wheel. And in many ways, we kind of are. Spiritual maturity is important. It really is. Um, you know, I kind of feel like any pastor worth his salt would tell you this. Really. I mean, maybe not in as blunt a way as I am. But you know, you know what I mean. You know, when you are listening to a pastor and it's like, yep, they take God's word seriously. And if I need to hear something that might be a little hard for me to hear, but that is right and spot on per the word of God. Yeah, they're not going to have any problem telling me that. That is the teaching you want to sit under. Sometimes we do need to be told in the words of like, oh, I feel like, oh, so many parents in the 80s to grow up. Oh, grow up. Grow up. Why don't you grow up? You know, I mean, those are words. I'm an 80s kid. So I was born in the 70s, but, you know, my formative teenage years or whatever in the 80s. So grow up. That was a common saying. Sometimes we need to hear that. Okay. And you can read about this concept in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 particularly verse two. And I can add that in the show notes because it really is worth reading. First Corinthians three, verse two, Paul penned these words and they are in the Bible. You know, we refer to it as the canon of scripture. They're here. So we should do as it says, and we should be happy when we are fed spiritual meat rather than milk. So that's our framework for this week's episode. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible today, Romans 8, Verses 13, 14, and 15. Here is what it says. For if you are living according to the impulses of the flesh, you are going to die. But if you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body. You will really live forever. For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For if you have not received a spirit of slavery, again, to fear of God's judgment, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, the spirit producing sonship by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. Okay, for if you are living according to the impulses of the flesh, you're going to die. Look, if somebody has been telling you, if somebody has been telling you that the word of God is like, 
always just super gentle, that it's soft. They didn't tell you right. Uh, you know, now one of the fruits of the Spirit is gentleness, but the Bible, it speaks frankly. You can't expect it to be like genteel. We're not living in the genteel era. You can expect it to be truth because it is truth. It is truth. Um, this verse, it shows us the way to die. It shows us the path of death. This is good to know. I don't want to walk that path. So thank you, Lord, for giving us this exact verse in your word. But if you are living by the power, oh, you know, that's this is noteworthy right here, by the power of the Holy Spirit, then you are habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body, and you'll really live forever. Okay, you know that you are living by the Spirit's power. How? When you are habitually, hey, you know, that actually means that this should become habit, second nature. So listen up now, find out what it is that you should be so good at habitually doing that it's like automatic, habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body, and then you will really live forever. I don't want to kind of live, to sort of live, to semi live. I want to really live, fully live, totally live. And here's how I get to do that. By habitually putting to death, like kill it off, just annihilate, decimate, crucify your flesh. That's what this means, my friend. Uh, This is the way to live. Don't walk a path that leads anywhere other than where God wants you to go. Do not walk a path that leads anywhere other than where the Lord God Most High wants you to go. Where he leads, that's where you follow. And it will always be toward life. He's always going to lead you toward life. It's never going to be toward death. It's good to remember that. Where is God leading? Always toward life and never toward death. And where he leads, that's where you follow. That's an overarching promise from the Bible for you and for me. That is absolutely for certain God's will. And sometimes we struggle. You know, we feel like we don't know what God's will is. But this much, this right here, oh, we sure do know. We know this much for sure. This I know to be true. We know it absolutely and with utter, complete, and total certainty. So walk this path. Live and do that living by putting to death sinful needs. I could spend like a whole lot of time talking about what exactly those sinful deeds might be. You know, what does, what all does this verse entail? Well, you know, I, at some point, probably I'll write a blog post about this on my website. I'm just, it's, my website is my name, janlbert.com, because it is important to know what those sinful deeds are that we need to just um, kill off crucify, right? Be done with. Uh, This isn't just, hey, you know, don't cover what your neighbor owns kind of thing, or don't steal from your employer. You know, don't live as a hard-hearted and unforgiving person. It can be a lot of things. It's not just those kinds of things. It can be like, how's your thought life? How's your thought life? Not talking about like, say, lustful thinking or something along those lines. I'm talking about how do you think about yourself? Do you think about yourself the way that Jesus says You should think about yourself based on what he says about his children in the word of God. Do you talk to yourself in ways that you would like never, ever talk to somebody else? That's kind of what I'm thinking could be a big issue for many of us. Not the quote unquote big sins, but the ones that are super damaging, but man, they're not really addressed very often. Like we don't personally address them within ourselves. So, you know, I'm adding that to my work calendar and I'll be, I'll be writing that, doing a lot of praying over it, of course, and um, keep an eye out for that pretty soon on the blog page of my website. Okay, so in verse 14, it says that all who allow themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Now, language matters. Language matters. Verb tense, that matters. 
the way I just said it is how we kind of think of it, right? The way I just said it is how we kind of think of it. Now, all who allow themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. But in the Amplified, it says, for all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. This is not a one-off. This is not one and done. Are we continually allowing ourselves to be led? Hey, you know, that means we're not in charge. We are not leading the way. If the Spirit is leading, then we are to be doing what? Well, following, of course. And, you know, let's try to follow closely. Think about a war zone. Think of it. Just imagine for a second a war zone, a hot zone. You need to follow your CO. Who is your, who's the officer in charge? Who's the commanding officer? Who's your sergeant? Who's your lieutenant? Who's your captain? What? You're gonna, are you going to fall behind and just kind of risk it? No. Just like, no. Follow closely and attentively and follow with a good attitude. I don't even need to explain why. Just trust me on this. Follow closely, follow attentively, and follow with a good attitude. Really, like, for all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God or sons of God, you want that to be your reality. So allow yourself daily to be led by the Spirit of God and do it with a good attitude. Like this is like a litmus test. You know, um, if you're a child of God, there's some evidence you're being led by the Spirit. Are you allowing yourself to be led by the Spirit? Are you today, right now, Whatever the hardest thing is in your life right now, are you allowing yourself to be led by the Spirit? Financially, maybe there's a health challenge, a really difficult coworker, a problem with one of your kids. I, I mean, I could go on and on and on. Are you allowing yourself to be led by the Spirit? You know, not, not one time I allowed the Spirit to lead me, just this once, and I came to Jesus and I received his salvation, okay? But are you right now today still allowing him to lead? Don't say yes to that. Don't say, yes, Jan, I'm doing that, if you're not actively following where he is intentionally leading. And sometimes when we follow the Lord, we do it with this, like, weird mentality of, yeah, I don't, I don't know if this, where are we even going here, Lord? Uh, we should never think like that. We should never think like that. It doesn't matter if you and I are like, I don't have any idea where we're going. This looks like crazy town. What are we doing? He's intentional and he's God and he's holy. And we can't forget that. We can't negate that because our kind of attitude is like, oh, where are we going? What's going on here? Excuse me? excuse me? He's intentional in where he's leading. So actively follow him and check the attitude at the door. You know what I mean? Okay. So verse 15, we may need to break this verse up a bit. I mean, there's a lot here. It's kind of like, it's like a vitamin it's power packed, you know, for, and I don't want to think of a vitamin as being power packed. I guess I think of like a lot in there, like the spirulina, the green, drink your greens. You know, there's a lot in one little scoop. There's, there's a lot in this verse for you are not Oh boy, it, you know, it's like Paul's preaching now, for you are not. He's telling us who we are not. You know, I mean, really, like this is one of the main purposes of my podcast. Like, we've got to know who we are. We've got to know who we are not according to the word of God. This is not optional. This is not optional to mature in Christ. You got to know this stuff, for you are not. Let's listen up because this should be like key for us. Okay, so who am I not? Not only do I want to get excited about who God says I am, I want to be excited about who the Spirit of God says I'm not because I tell you what, then Satan can't come in and tell me you're this person because I can say, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, I'm not. It's like the kid who's defending himself against the accusations of some other kid. You know, we can, as children of God, we can say to our accuser, I'm not. 
I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, you can say it just like that, really, with that intensity. Sometimes we we um, become adults and we lose some of that intensity because it seems a little childlike in a lot of ways. But you can talk to the devil that way. You can tell him, oh, I'm not with that level of uh, not childishness, but with like intensity. You're serious about this. And the devil, you don't have to be polite with him. You can be firm. You can be loud. You can be bold, right? If you can get loud at some kind of a sports event, can you not get loud when you pray? Yeah, you sure can. You can You can be loud as you remind Satan of what the Word of God says. What's true about your life is true, and what's not true, it ain't true, and that's a fact, Jack. Okay, so know who you are, know who you're not, and know your seasons. Know your times in your life. Like I cannot overstress. It's not possible to overly stress how vital, like your vital signs kind of vital. Those three things are know who you are, know who you're not, and know your season of life, like know your times. That means like right now. Often we can look back and we go, oh, yeah, that was the time I was living in. And I was trying to live in two seasons at once. Like I wasn't trying to live like a mom with a toddler and a newborn. I was trying to live like a mom with um, middle school age children. It's, you know, I'm sorry, we can't live in two seasons at once, but we try to. And sometimes we don't see it till we look back. So I would encourage you to see it today. And if you don't think you can see it, pray. Say, Lord, help me to see what is my season right now? Who am I? Who am I not? And what season am I in right now? And then live in it. Be in it. Like, be in the moment. Uh, For you have not received again a spirit of slavery leading to fear. You are not a slave. You are not an orphan. You're not to live in fear. You're a free man. You're a free woman. You're a child of God. You're dearly loved. You're well looked after. You live by faith in the Son of God because you know that all God's promises for you are true. They are all yes and amen through Christ Jesus, your Lord. And you can find where I'm getting this from in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. And I can add that to the show notes too. Anybody else? Anybody else just really love the Word of God? I mean, you know, we take three verses and we discover a wealth of treasure. Then we do it again the next day. You know, this is what it's like. When you open your Bible and you read a chapter in the morning and you pray over it, you know, and then the next day you get to do it again. It's like a mine, like, you know, a gold mine, a silver mine, a, a you know, coal, a diamond mine. It's like a mine, although I think, don't they dive into water for diamonds in Africa? Okay, maybe it's not a mine. I think of coal and mines and all that, but maybe, maybe it's not, diamonds aren't found in coal mines? Somebody's got to help me out with this. Now I'm confused, but um, I'm super curious now. Like, wait a minute. You hear about the analogy. It's a lump of coal or it's a diamond. It's just the pressure. Yeah. So there must be some diamonds that are, but then they dive for diamonds. So, okay. Anyway, back to my point that totally went rabbit trailing, but now I'm really curious about that. But the word of God is like a mine and it cannot be depleted. It cannot be fully exploited. It's never going to be emptied. You come back tomorrow and there's just as much, if not, I mean, it's just, it's all still there. It's incredible. So don't neglect that. I mean, you have literal spiritual gold at your fingertips every day. Don't miss a day of mining the real gold that God has for you. Um, But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. It's verses like this that help us understand what it means to have Jesus as Lord of our lives living on the throne of our hearts. He's enthroned there. He's in charge. You've received him and you have been adopted. You're in, baby. So don't you dare forget that. Don't you dare forget that. The spirit produces sonship. You want to challenge whether or not the spirit of the living God can do what only he can do? Do you want to do that? 
Do you want to challenge that? Don't do that. Don't question the Spirit's power. The Spirit produces sonship. That's comforting. That's hope right there. That's promise for today and for all of the future days. This is good stuff. By which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. Having God as your Father should move you to joy. If you cannot get joyful about this, then what on earth are you possibly going to be joyful about? Like, I mean, your sports team winning a championship, your fat bank account or retirement plans, a boat you're going to buy, a vacation you're going to take, like finally finding, you know, the the right, I don't know, spouse. But these are these are not bad things. These are gifts from the Lord, but they're not the, they're not the Lord. They're gifts from the Lord. They're not the Lord, you know? Um, losing 20 pounds, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know, reconciling with somebody that you have not been able to get along with for a long time. Again, gifts from the Lord, a relational gift like that is a treasure, but it's not the treasure. It's a treasure, not the treasure. You know, my husband and I, we've been looking for, um, just kind of a, a, a certain thing. And I don't actually don't even need to say what the thing is. I'm just going to, a certain thing. And then a certain company for the thing for like a long time. And it just falls through and falls through and falls through. You know, when it comes about and it seems like we're like right on the edge of it actually being the right thing, the right place and the right company at, at, at this time. So that means it's the right time. If it's the Lord's timing, it's the right time. Any other time is not. Um, it's going to be great. A gift from the Lord. It will be really special for us. But you know what? It's not, you know, like the Lego movie. It will be special, but not the special. Like that's Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Father. Joy. Here is joy, my friend. This is joy for you. This is joy for me. You have a Father and he is God. Get joyful about that. There's there's nothing more amazing than that. And it's yours. The most amazing thing in the entirety of ever is yours. Take these promises, take these truths that are for you and believe them today. Do not skip to the next podcast you're listening to and just totally like blank and forget about this. Like this should not be forgettable stuff. This should be unforgettable. Bear it in mind like all week long this week. Think on it over and over again. And next week, think on it again. I mean, don't neglect actually living in a state of belief and being joyful about what God's word has to say to you because it has so much to say and it's good, good, good stuff. I'm going to be back here next week for episode 95 and uh, that'll be Romans 8 verses 16 and 17. And these are big deal verses. So um, I, you know, don't miss it. Subscribe so that you don't miss it. So you get the notification when the next episode drops. Um, Seriously, subscribe, subscribe. The word of God getting into the people of God. That's you. This is important. God's promises are for you. So I want you to know them. I want you to know them. Um, Romans 8, 16 and 17. These verses are, these two verses for next week, they are such, for episode 95, they are such that they literally can change your life. I actually really do mean that. They, your life can be changed by the two verses that I'm going to look at next week on the on the podcast. So come back next week. Um, come hungry. Come hungry, come expectant, come ready to see the Lord move in your life based on what he has to say to you in Romans chapter 9, verses 16 and 17, because he has something to say to you. 
and you don't want to ever not hear what God has to say to you. Um, I'm going to see you then. I'm excited about that. I also want to mention that uh, voting is still open for um, the Spark Ven- Ventures, uh, well, for podcast votes. So you can vote for my podcast. You can go to Spark ventures.com um, and there's a place there to vote now and I will put the link in the show notes but if you just vote for the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast um, for I think best female podcast that would be so awesome I don't know that I'm the best female podcast but um, I love getting to kind of link arms with this Christian podcast community it's pretty neat to be nominated among such an amazing array of podcasters who are all about all about the Lord, all about God's word, all about the truth. And you know, I don't know if you knew this or not, but did you know that the po- in the podcasting world, most podcasts are like Christian in nature. They are faith-based podcasts, more than any other category of podcasts. And did you also know that among all of the big things, so think like, oh, I don't know, Spotify, think of all of the big places where you can listen to podcasts and then think of all of the awards and things that come about. They don't give awards to faith-based podcasts. They're completely left out, even though they are the largest chunk of all podcasts being produced. And I don't mean like Podfade. Podfade is, you know, you record, I don't know, up to like uh, most episodes, most podcast episodes are under 13. I don't know if you knew that or not, but like they call it Podfade. It just kind of fades out. It's a new thing. It's fun, whatever. And then it just stops. But most, the biggest hunk are Christians and they're the ones that are left out. Isn't that interesting? And so it's pretty cool to be a part of, um, to be nominated among um, among just Christian podcasts because um, they've kind of had to come up with their own things, their own awards, their own ways of improving um, and learning and studying, getting better as podcasters because we are a whole like genre that is just separated out from the rest of podcasting. Is that not the craziest thing? And I also feel like it's pretty interesting too. Um, trust me with all the stuff going on right now with Spotify and, and people leaving and the Joe Rogan and everything. It's like, do you think I could ask more about podcasting stuff? Yeah. Cause it's just on people's minds a lot more, but uh, most people are very surprised when they start asking questions and things and realize, Oh, so there are that many faith-based podcasts and they just are kind of like left out in the cold we're not promoted the same way, like talking about organically, it doesn't, it, it's just, you're just left out. And so um, all that to say, um, keep listening to Christian podcasts. That's one of the reasons I love the Edify app, E-D-I-F-I. It's all Christian content. So you are supporting the faith-based podcasters who are um, not fully supported on the other platforms I think it's fair to kind of say that and put it that way, but I would appreciate your vote um, or vote for whatever Christian podcast, whatever Spark Media Ventures podcast you want to win because um, just vote because gosh, we're doing a a good work and there is spiritual opposition that comes against us just because we're doing a good work. And by a good work, I mean, we're just doing what God's called us to do. We're just doing what the Lord has called us to do, trying to make a difference in this world. So um, that was like a lot of yapping to get to the end of the podcast. And so I apologize, but I'm, I am excited about it. I would appreciate your vote. So would all of the other podcasters and please come back next week. Hungry for Romans nine verses 16 and 17. Good stuff. Good promises for you and live believing this week. My friend, you eat that meat and you grow up spiritually. I'm going to tell you what, you're going to be bearing fruit like crazy, like crazy. And you are a child of God. You are a son 
of God, says the Holy Spirit. You're not an orphan. You're not abandoned. You're not alone. You're not less than. You are in, baby. You are in. You are loved. And I'm thankful for you. Praying for you this week. Be blessed. See you next time. You've been listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.